This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, lead pastor at the Family Church Network, and I am high atop the Family Mm -hmm. Church Complex in our studio right here, which is actually my office, (laughs) and uh, we're on the podcast, and I have with me Leslie Bennett, my co-host, Jimmy Muir, teaching pastor at our Sherbrooke campus, actually the founding pastor of that campus, Todd Thomas, who is the campus pastor for our Sherbrooke campus, and of course, as always, Carly Seelman, our engineer. So welcome, everybody. Glad you guys are here. And we're here to talk about, in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, what does a campus pastor do in a multi-site church? And Leslie, this is something that we're dealing with because we have 13 campuses. That's right. So we're trying to figure it out. We're just looking at each of our campuses and thinking, how can we do what's best for our people in this unprecedented time? So We've said it many times, we're building the plane as we fly it. We don't exactly know what we're doing, but we're trying to call some plays and run them. And you guys are so key to that. And plus, you're my pastors, so I just want to point that yeah, out. Yeah, Leslie goes uh, to Sherbrooke go Family Church so Sherbrooke. And sometimes we take some hits at Family Church Sherbrooke because... I don't know why, Jimmy. Why why do people <laughs> so make many fun? unusual yeah. things happen? We're you know, we're just ahead of the curve. I guess you know? so. I guess Sometimes. that's not good terminology to use right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what are occupying your days in this COVID nineteen crisis as campus pastors and teaching pastors? Yeah, it's a great question, Leslie. For us right now, one of the things we've prioritized at all of our campuses is the importance of our pastors' voices. And mm. so we have done everything we can to track down lists of people who have been directly involved with our church over the last two years or so. And we're making phone calls. We're shooting out text messages. We have emails going on. We want to do everything we can to be an encouragement to our folks and let them know that we're here. We're going through it too. We're in it with them and let them actually hear from us, not just from a stage or on a video, but actually hear our voices on a phone call or receive a personal message from one of our pastors or staff. Yeah. The Sunday morning engine in a lot of ways has been stripped away from our campus specifically. And that's such a big part of of what we do each week at Sherbrooke. For us, it's, you know, like Pastor Todd is saying, it's relationships right now. That's all all we've got right now. So we are just pouring into those relationships, making those contacts. We're seeing how strong our relationships already are with the people at our campus, but it's also a chance for us to realize, hey, we can strengthen a whole lot of these personal relationships right now. And we're seeing that happen. It's in the last two weeks, the number of phone calls and intentional contacts we've made between Sundays far exceeds what we've ever done before. And maybe that's not good on our part that it took this to make that happen. But there's some real benefits of that, I think, long term. And our people are they're all in. They're excited to be a part of what this new phase looks like for the time being. We're just doing our best to connect with them and, and let them know we're here for them. You know, one of the things that coronavirus has done, it's made phone calls cool again. So like a lot of people, especially people 40 and under, are a little offended if you call them on their cell phone because they're like, why didn't you just text me? And now they're like, call me. Yeah. <laughs> because because the social distancing actually makes you a little bit hungry for more personalized contact and extended conversation. 
And I love that you guys are taking advantage of that. Now, you know, we're a face-to-face church. That's part of our game. So our strategy is neighborhood pastor in a neighborhood building in a neighborhood church, speaking the neighborhood language. We've gone intentionally towards a more incarnational version of multi-site church as opposed to a tech-driven, screen-driven, video-driven approach. And boy, our approach has been just completely obliterated by the coronavirus crisis. So we've had to pivot on a dime and become an online church where we're generating content online, but we're encouraging families and individuals to worship at home. And as we do that, Jimmy, I'm interested because you teach every week the Bible. That platform is not really available right now as we're doing this online because we're, we're centralizing our content creation for this season. Talk about how you're processing that emotionally, just in terms of the rhythm of your week. How does that feel to you? Yeah, it's been strange. It, it's kind of a forced holiday, so to say, because that is, for me personally, that is my spiritual gift is speaking, teaching, that sort of thing. And so to not be able to to exercise that, there's a little bit of an itch there mm. for sure. And yes, you know, we're doing some of that through Bible studies. We're doing some of that through some things we do on- online, but it's not the same as being face-to-face, as we say, with your congregation. So it's interesting. I'm, I'm getting used to it. We're going to do some things at our campus where I'm going to get some of my storytelling muscles flexing because I'm going to I'm just going to talk through some of the stories yeah. of the Bible with my boys. We're going to record that and put that online for, That's a great for all the kids in our, at our campus to enjoy. So, you know, some of those things, trying to find different ways to flex those muscles and to exercise that. But yeah, it's a different time for sure. <laughs> now, Todd, what are you guys doing in terms of content creation? Because you're using Facebook and Instagram and some other things. So what are you guys trying to – and we've only been doing this for a couple of weeks, so we haven't probably landed. But so far, what does the rhythm feel like? Yeah, so some of the things that we've started to do through our Facebook pages and our Facebook groups from our, our campus and our campuses of the network is just posting some short videos of encouragement for our folks to see and interact with. So posing a question, getting them to think about what they're doing with their family. Like I posted one yesterday. I talked about some new routines that me and my family are doing because this whole thing's a new normal. Yeah, that was a really good person, one. I saw right? that. So we're doing some new family walks at night and we're doing some scripture things. And we're also just trying to like maintain a level of sanity in our home. And I think it's great for our people to see that us as pastors, we're dealing with the same things that they're dealing with. So we're posting videos like that to encourage them. We're posting some devotional videos that they can interact with. Also pointing them to some things that are going on in our network that are really beneficial to them, like the Bible studies that are going to be hosted network-wide or or driving them back to Sunday services and mm-hmm. remembering that that right now, we're not, supposed that's to our forsake, connect, isn't yeah, it? we're not supposed to forsake the gathering believers, but that's how we have to do it temporarily. And so we're yeah. pushing them to that and reminding them that Sunday worship right now is just as important as it's ever been. Right. So Leslie, I'm interested in this. This is why it's great that you're here because you're here every time, but you and George attend the Mm -hmm. Sherbrooke campus. Mm -hmm. And you were just mentioning as we were coming on to air that your husband, George, had just participated in an online, some kind of so men's tell me group. about that. It yeah, was what a was men's that like? Group. Did they do it by I, Zoom I didn't or? get to be part of it. I just had to help <laughs> set it up group. on the computer <laughs> so that he could be a part she of it. She was tech support. Yeah, I was tech support for his group, but it's not something he does on a normal basis. But Daniel Martin and someone else on our, our team reached out to him and said, Would you want to do a men's group? And so he said, Sure. So that's what they did last night. And I know that's another thing we're doing is we're setting up a lot of virtual groups for people to connect. So I don't know what all we have going on. I know what George was a part of, but I'm sure there's more that you guys can fill us in on. 
Yeah. So the groups that we've kicked off, we're using this time to specifically encourage some sermon discussion and help people process through these messages. And Pastor Jimmy, love your leadership on this. The fact that we're talking about thankfulness in a season of difficulty and how to process through some of this anxiety that we're all dealing with. And so we're taking that from Sunday and we're, we have guides that are written for virtual groups to Mm -hmm. just discuss the sermon content, have passages of scripture to look up. So I led my first virtual group on Monday, which was a lot of fun. We had 10 people in it. And so we had some passages of scripture. We, for those of you who've never done this before, it's pretty simple. Just ask people to look up one of the passages that you have and then have them interact with it or encourage your group to just like you would in a living room at a group. You can make it pretty natural and Zoom and different resources like that make it pretty simple for you. And so all of our groups right now are designed for some sermon discussion. Now, in the future, depending on how long this whole thing lasts, we may offer some additional things for parents or for people's marriages or for recovery and things like that. But hopefully that face-to-face contact in a virtual group is helping people like make it another day, right? Just to have some hope for the next day. Because I like to think of family church as like, immediate family church. We're not extended family church. Like we want to be face to face as much as possible. We want people that come through our doors to really feel like they're a part of our immediate family. That's, Mm -hmm. that's the idea of what we're going for at family church. And so right now, the best way for us to do that is through virtual groups. Yeah. And so Jimmy, have you been a part of any of that? No, not yet. So that will be some of the stuff that's coming up here. But I know we've got a ton of people in our campus who are connected in, you know, in those. Mm-hmm. And it's been, I mean, just to follow the comments and the feeds on Facebook and to hear the conversations yeah. that you're having with people about just the ability to connect. Thank God we have the technology exactly, we have right yeah. now, right? I mean, holy yeah. cow, this is incredible. There are things that are happening now that I am convinced are going to benefit the church for my sons and my grandkids. I mean, the the practices and the principles and the ways that we're having to adjust on the fly now are going to benefit the church long-term, no matter what that, what that looks like. Hey Todd, I'm interested in what the experience was like as you guys kind of did a sermon discussion and you did it, I guess by zoom, is that how you did it? Mm -hmm. What did that feel like? How long did it last? What did you talk about? So zoom, the free version, Last 40 minutes. <laughs> so if, for those of you who are long-winded, I didn't know that. maybe like need to be sharpened in your ability to lead a group quickly, you should try the free version of Zoom. Okay. Um, that's my shameless plug. And so, yeah, it's pretty easy to set up when you invite people. They can jump in on their phone or their computer, and you have the ability to mute mics and even do some different things where there's a gallery view. You can see everybody or you can just see the person that's speaking. You have two different options on Mm -hmm. Zoom, which makes that pretty easy as well. It's as simple as using a FaceTime call. So if you're intimidated by the technology of it, don't be. If you can FaceTime your family members across the country, you can use Zoom to do a virtual group. Anybody can do it. All right. So when you're doing that, did you feel like you had participation or did you find yourself lecturing? What, what did that all No, we like? had We had great participation and this was a, an easy, this was a softball discussion. When you're talking about thankfulness and anxiety in a season like this, everybody could identify with it. And so a lot of people were on together like husband and wife, if they were couples or a couple of people are on individually. But when we gave out the passage of scripture, they just kind of took it and ran with it. I didn't have to say, hey, when you finish reading Psalm 100 verse five on thankfulness, I want you to talk about it. I just said, hey, why don't you do Psalm 100 verse 5? And it's interesting, the family, which the one that did it is way new to our church. We just baptized the husband like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And they read that passage and then they paused for a second. And then he started talking about how 
he's feeling thankful right now. And even though he's losing his patience with his kids at home because he's working <laughs> from home all of a sudden, yeah. he's feeling thankful. And then she said something that was really powerful and really encouraging to me is what she said was before they had started coming to church just a couple months ago, she was dealing with so much anxiety. And we know that there's not like a, a cure-all immediately for anxiety unless the Lord just takes it away. She said, but since we started coming and my husband got baptized, even in the midst of all this, I have had way less anxiety than I've had in years. And wow. I think it's because I've plugged into a church. That's so good. Yeah, that's right. really awesome. Yeah. Are you hearing a lot of good stories as you make your calls, as you're reaching out to people? What kinds of things are you hearing from them? Yeah. So I, I got to speak with one of our deacons yesterday just to hear him open up about some things that he's walking through with his own mother, mm -hmm. things that are that are happening that he's uncertain about. I'd like to say that those conversations take place every week like that. But most of the time, we're trying to reach out to newer people to our church. And there's not right. that constant shepherding of our higher level leaders, which is what we are intentionally trying to focus on those those higher level leaders right now and uh, just to hear them connect like that and to hear him share some of the things that he's it, it's just a it's just different than it's been. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And Lord willing, these are the things that are going to carry on in, in the future. Yeah, I really like that point that you made earlier, Jimmy, because we are innovating, doing some different things, doing it more quickly than we normally would. And I think some of it is going to stick and we're going to realize, hey, this really is a best practice. So even though Lord willing, Corona is over <laughs> and we're going back to face-to-face -face church because that's our goal. We still have learned some things that we're going to be able to carry on into the future. So. I don't think there's any question about that because even our ability to do virtual meetings, especially as we have a pretty geographically diverse set of campuses, mm -hmm. just the ability that we're learning how to do effective meetings virtually we would have never probably worked this hard at it unless right. we had to, <laughs> but we're learning a lot. So we're finally, we're kind of also figuring out that certain things need to be done in the same room face to face, but there's a lot of things that can actually be done almost as effectively just using some of these tools that the technology is, is there for. So we're all going to become much more proficient. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. And even for some of our events, mm -hmm. like maybe instead of trying to do all this childcare and everything, which we will still do. If this virtual game night goes off without a hitch, I bet this isn't the last one that we have. Yes. Yeah. Because letting people just stay home and do the game night with their family or with their significant other or whatever might actually prove to be a really incredible thing that we learn. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but it'll be even more fun when you can gather a few people together and yeah. do it together. And, you know, we can still have the online platform, but you can get a group together to do family fun night, whether you're married, whether you're single, you can right now we can't do that. But hopefully in the future, we can. So I did want to ask today, the governor of Florida said that people who are over 65 are supposed to stay in their homes, right? Yeah, they got so, a shelter in place. Right. So we asked all of you, did you get the email yet? We did. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so you got that email. And so what are you thinking as you look at how we're going to reach out to those people and minister to them? Yeah. Well, the good thing is we've already contacted the majority of our of our senior adults in our, in our church who would be in that age range. And we're going to contact all of them again today just to let them know that, hey, we were in this with you, whatever you need. You reach out to us. We are here to help you. We, If you don't have immediate family that can help you with it, and even if you do have immediate family, we are still here to help you get what you need, to provide what you need, to care for you. And we just want to make sure that they know that directly from us, not just from an, an email that goes out, although there will be an email that goes out, but they need to hear our, our voice in that. Well, I think that's so important too, Jimmy, because we actually have a lot of people right now who have a little bit more margin in their schedule than they've ever had in their lives. <laughs> 
and they are actually itching for the opportunity to serve somebody. Mm-hmm. And being able to serve somebody by running an errand, picking up some groceries, getting their prescriptions, whatever that is, is something that they can do without a lot of physical contact. So it doesn't really create undue exposure to the virus Mm -hmm. and it lets them serve someone else. And people are so, I think it'll be just as much of a blessing for the people who get to do the serving as it is for the people who are served. And I think, I think that's going to, that's going to be a wonderful thing. I think some of these folks are just itching to do something. Yeah. So the fact that the thing they can do might really be a blessing to one of the senior adults in the church will probably be a huge benefit to their soul. And I think we can create some new friendships too, cross generationally, because we are a multi-generational, multi-generational church. Well, I just want to say, Leslie, as always, great to be with you on the podcast and Jimmy and Todd, it's such an honor to serve with both of you because, you know, we always say that pastors need pastors Mm -hmm. and you two are pastors to me and to my family and my wife, Kristen, and my children look to you two as some of the pastors in their lives. So thank you for the honor of serving with you. And it really is a joy, even though we don't know what's going to happen, we get to not know what's going to happen together. That's right. (laughs) And so we'll just try to exercise bold faith all the way through both personally with our own families, but as we lead and shepherd our our people as well. So I'd encourage everybody on our podcast today, if you're listening, do not fear, do not be timid. It's okay to be humble, but don't be timid and be bold and be fearless and trust the Lord Jesus and execute the ministry that God's called you to the best way that you can. If there's any way that we at Family Church can help you, we are here for you. Contact us, email us, call us. We want to be a blessing to you, to your church and to your families. So love you guys. Look forward to seeing you guys next time on Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins and you've been listening to Church for the Rest of Us.